The table is open. Welcome to Below the Upper Room. Hi, Kenzie. Hi, Adriana. And welcome to Below Below the the Upper Upper Room. Room. You know, I say it every week, but I'm telling you, I think we're getting better at that every single week. Better and better every week. Well, here we are. We decided to do something special for you guys. Mm-hmm. A Christmas gift from us to you. Since you've been such good listeners this year <laughs> um, and your support for us, we decided to do a fun bonus Christmas episode. We wanted to finish out the year. Really, this will probably be our last little episode, episode of, the year. of the year. Yeah. We wanted to finish out on a lighter note, so we decided to go ahead and record a second mini bonus app. This is just a little extra special sugary Christmas treat. <laughs> just for you. <laughs> just for you. So, uh, since it is Christmas, um, it's also as of time of recording. I don't think by the time this will be released, but it's also the first night of Hanukkah on the day of recording. So, happy Hanukkah. And pretty soon, it'll be a whole new year. Oh, yeah. So, Kenzie, what are your Christmas plans? Okay, so my Christmas plans are I'm going to Tulsa for like a couple of days. Nice. Just to, just to hang, you know, let people know that... <laughs> I'm still here and I'm still back, that I'm, I'm still thriving yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and then after that, I'm actually going to come back to Edmond for Christmas Eve service. Slay. Nice. Um, Santa slay. No, no, I'm sorry. That was awful. I don't know why I did that. But, um, and then on Christmas day, I will be flying out to Phoenix to visit my aunt and uncle and my cousins and one of my cousins just had a baby so I'm gonna meet the baby so I'm so excited so those are my Christmas plans what about you Adriana what are your Christmas plans well first of all it's so fun that you get to see your family and that's cool so like I said me and Kenzie work at the same church actually this is very sad this was actually my last day working at the church um I still plan to I know it it was very sad I did cry (laughs) crying screaming throwing up (laughs) (laughs) um I think I've talked about it before but I worked in the children's ministry and I truly loved it but just since I have a full-time job now um a different job, not just the podcast. Um, a real job. Nope. Just kidding. What if this became our real job? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but um, it just got harder with time um, to keep up with that as well as my regular full-time healthcare job. But I loved working there at the church. I definitely still plan to be involved. It's just going to be different now, which is sad. Change is hard. And it's sometimes it's super great, sometimes it's not, and this is kind of a mixed mm-hmm. bag of things. But sorry, a little sidebar, a little announcement. But me and Kenzie, I guess we'll say we attend the same church, and I've always wanted to go to their Christmas Eve service. I wanted to go last year. I usually go with the one my family goes to in Tulsa, um, but that'll be a lot of fun, Kenzie. But yeah, speaking of my plans, so I plan on going home. I'm literally going home to Tulsa and then turning back around. My family, we like to do a Christmas Eve dinner in Oklahoma City. Not Christmas Eve, sorry. Christmas Eve Eve. Ooh. Yeah, the 23rd. So, And then we're literally turning around again and going back to Tulsa. But I'm excited to see friends, catch up with some people. Um, and then after that, New Year's. Even though... 
I don't really like New Year's. I feel like there's a... I know. I oh feel like... Oh, my gosh. I'm shocked. Okay, I like it, but I always feel this pressure that, like, I have to have the most fun possible, mm. you know? Like, and I, I go all out. Like, I get a new outfit. I take pictures. Like, I go to like a new year's party or I try to, but I still feel this weird pressure. Like it's gotta be the best night of the year, which is so weird. Cause it's just new year's, but I guess it is a big deal. I don't know. Do you feel that way? Kenzie? Um, I personally do not. You don't feel <laughs> pressure to perform. <laughs> but No, no. Yeah. Well, I don't really do a whole lot on new year's. Usually yeah. I just get together with like a couple of friends. Like yeah. I don't really, I've never gone out. Neither have new I. Year's. Actually, it's my first year Ooh. this year going out. Um, Are you, for new so year's. you're nervous. Yes, I am actually a little bit, but I think it'll be fine. Um, I'm going out in Dallas with my boyfriend and a bunch of his Her friends. BS. Yes. <laughs> oh, his first appearance on the pod. <laughs> I First, uh, not even a name drop, first whatever on the pod. But, um, so I know some of them, so I think I'll be fine. But I'm I, sure it'll be really fun. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I do think there is, but I think Christmas is that way too. Like, I think there is pressure to have, like, the best Christmas ever, like, the most fun parties. Like, I see that so much on Instagram. Adriana, like, you saying that? You didn't even know that was what my sermon was about today. Really? Okay, yeah. I had to write today. The only reason I missed Kenzie's beautiful sermon, I heard it was really good, was because we had like our Christmas show today at the church, and I had to wrangle lots of tiny children and get them to sing and dance. And so I, I was busy doing that. Well, <laughs> I, I wish I could have been there. Watching oh yeah, <laughs> that. we wish we could have traded places. Yeah. But no, really, what was your sermon about? So it was on Matthew. Uh huh. Chapter one, verses 18 through 25. And it's mm -hmm. Joseph. Yeah. Like the angel appearing to Joseph. And in the Advent season, which I don't think every church does Advent. Really? My church yeah. did. Like the yeah. candle and stuff. Um, But so Advent is like a four, the four weeks leading up to Christmas. Each week, a different attribute is, is highlighted. Joy, hope peace and this week's was love so I talked about how we kind of strive for perfection mm -hmm. for Christmas like everybody has to have you know the perfect food and everybody has to have the perfect presence mm -hmm. and, and with social media I mean not to sound like a boomer <laughs> but like <laughs> social media but it's true like I think social media makes us mm -hmm. feel like we have to have like the perfect Christmas picture and like I haven't really taken any like specific holiday pictures at all yeah. this year you know but that's interesting sad I couldn't have seen mm -hmm. the sermon but, but the thing about it is yeah. those things that we try to make perfect like the decorations the mm -hmm. presents all of that those things are just aesthetic that's yeah. not really what makes Christmas Christmas that's true what makes Christmas Christmas, let me just reset my sermon for you. <laughs> what makes Christmas Christmas is the story of Jesus's birth, which I think is a story of love, the love of two fathers, God, Jesus's heavenly father, and Joseph, Jesus's earthly father. Heck yeah. I'll send it to you. Yeah. <laughs> Drop the link. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So anyway, yeah. So I'm really excited for my plans. I'm going to try to let go of that pressure of what I, you know, and let people are expecting it to be. I'm just going to have a good time. I'm going to enjoy my time with my family. I'm going to enjoy my time on New Year's, even though it is something different, but I am really excited for it. Well, so for our bonus episode, I thought it would be fun to recount 
um, a little story for you all. And it's a story you know. It is the nativity story, but told through a musical performance. The art of theater. The art of theater. (laughs) Don't worry, I will not be (laughs) performing that for you all now. I will simply be recounting the sight and sound theater production, Branson, Missouri. <laughs> Let's set, Let's the, set stage. the scene. <laughs> exactly. Let's set the stage. Branson, Missouri, um, is where I swear I was trying to quote Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> Do you know what I'm trying to oh, quote? Oh, uh, Verona. We set our yeah, scene. Yeah, we don't have to include that. <laughs> Branson, Missouri. We set our scene. If you guys don't know what Branson is, I mean. I some people talk down on Branson, Missouri. I have so many fond childhood uh, memories of Branson, Missouri. I love Branson, Missouri. And for those that don't know, it's this town in Missouri that it's like there's just a lot of shows to go to. There's also just attractions. Silver Dollar City, the Titanic Museum, Ripley's Believe It or Not. Basically, if you guys have ever been to Las Vegas, Branson, Missouri is Midwestern Las Vegas. For Christian families. Yes. For my family growing up, it was an easy vacation. It was an easy thing to do around the holidays Mm -hmm. because it was in Missouri, so relatively close to where we lived. And you could get, I mean, I won't lie, like some of the shows that you're able to see, like they have lots of live music performances, like lots of different acts, different modes of entertainment you can find it in Branson a lot of it has a Christian leaning angle I don't know if it's because it's just in Missouri who knows but that's just that's just the way it goes so my family for a while there we would always go to Branson either after Thanksgiving fall um, break fall break um usually but it would be always around the Christmas season or about to be the Christmas season. So there's lots of Christmassy things to do. Like there's lights to see, there's shows to go to, and one in particular. So the Sight and Sound Theater in Branson, they are a Christian theater company, theater. They produce and perform different stories from the Bible. Mm-hmm. And I want to say for, for people that maybe grew up, uh, non-religious or people that grew up in a more of a traditional religious denomination they not might not be aware that performing arts in christianity is like really big <laughs> like um there are churches that go hard like for their easter productions or their christmas productions there are some churches that like that is like something that they look forward to every year there's a lot of people I think in the church that are really creative that are looking for outlets so sometimes there's a you know performing arts ministry um Jenny Nicholson has a really good video about Easter productions she's a really good content creator she finds on YouTube um she finds really niche things, and honestly, our interests weirdly always align. I Somehow, I'm like, how did she find the exact thing that I would be interested in? People are just like, I can't believe I watched this four-hour video about something I don't care about. I'm like, well, I cared deeply about yeah. it. But she finds a lot of niche topics, things that are a little on the weirder side, and in particular, she had this video talking about this specific church that would put on these huge, elaborate Easter productions where they would retell the like, the story of Jesus's crucifixion 
through like a different theme. Like one year they did the Avengers, and it, mm-hmm. they're basically jukebox musicals that use different songs. Sometimes they change the lyrics. Um, another year they did like a cowboy theme. There's always a crucifixion. Like I hate to laugh. I mean, but it is kind of yeah. We'll put the link to the yeah. video in this episode. <laughs> but like there, there are some churches that do like really cheesy mm-hmm. stuff. Even though like I can tell that they put a lot of effort yes. into it, and I know people want to clown on that kind of stuff. But I'm just like, this is them expressing their creativity, exactly. like through the outlet of the church. Well, I mean, yeah. We already talked about with Hell Houses. I mean, to me, that's like the Halloween version of this, where Mm -hmm. people are wanting to use their creativity in a way to express their faith. And sometimes that comes out a little weird. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's a lot in Oklahoma that do it, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just saw a TikTok clip that went viral of Victory Church in Tulsa. They put on, like, some type of Christmas performance, and everybody in the comments is making fun of them. And I know it's cheesy, but, like, I don't know. It looks like they're having fun. Yeah, like, I would have been involved. (laughs) And we said this during our Hell House episode. Like, we, if me and Kenzie had gone to one of these churches that put stuff like that on, we would 100% have been involved. I mean, the church that we go to, speaking of getting involved. Oh, yes! Like, like, uh, two churches that I've been at have done, like, dinner, theater fundraiser type thing. Kenzie had a starring role in our church's dinner theater show. It was amazing. It was a Western melodrama (laughs) dinner theater. And I was the leading lady, the damsel in distress. So it's like, maybe I just, you're biased. Maybe maybe I'm just like, you know, like I even like cheesy productions that little churches put on, like even that, like, I mean, we both Mm -hmm. were performers growing up. Like, I just can't make fun of it. Yeah, it's too close to home. It feels like making fun of, like, your mother or something. It's like, you don't get to make fun of it. We can. Mm -hmm. You don't get to because you don't get it. Mm -hmm. But But Sight and Sound, they have really high production value and, like, legit actors that have gone to, like, school and stuff. Actors, singers. Like, I mean, and that's really, like, people clown on Branson, but everyone I've every performance I've seen at Branson... They are all talented. Like, there's a reason they got a standing gig in Branson, Missouri. I mean, people might laugh about that, but they you have to be talented. You know, you're performing. It's consistent. Like, it's the equivalent to me of, like, Disney. Like, when you go to Disney World and you see the performers and the dancers, like, people might clown on that. I'm like, no. Like, that, that is a, they have to put on a consistent performance every single day or every other hour or something. That's a different kind of talent that that might take. As Kenzie was saying, Sight and Sound Theater, very high production value. And I'm not exaggerating on that. Um, I The first time I ever saw one of their performances, it was actually a pro shot that they played on cable for some reason. It was Noah's Ark. They had real animals. And I'd been to a live version of this performance. I went to the, a live mm-hmm. version too. And they had real animals and they have the Ark built all around. I mean, it's a huge theater and they have the Ark. It real. I mean, it was, honestly, it was really cool. Like you felt like you were on the Ark. I don't know. Um, and then they did not shy away from like the harder parts of the story. I just felt like for what it, like, everyone was very talented. Everyone was giving their all, you know? Yeah, I remember there was a scene. They're on the mm-hmm. boat for, like, months, and they're going crazy. They and, start like, fighting each other. Fighting each other. <laughs> and I remember there's, like, a really dramatic scene with, like, one of the sons that's like, God, why are you doing this to us? And I remember being, you know, like, probably, mm, like, seven or eight and mm-hmm. being really, 
like touched by Aww. it. I was like, whoa, I've never thought about it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, these like when I talk about them, like we we mean with love, you know, like there is, but not even just in like a patronizing way. Like they're very talented, like people involved in it. And they're very creative. I love live theater. Me too. Me too, girl. So we saw Noah's Ark one year. And then one of the next years we went back, we saw their retelling of um, the Christmas story, the nativity story, as some may call it. And I checked on their website. They are doing it this year. And in the spring, they'll have a production of Queen Esther. So they're going to do that story. And honestly, if I had the means, I would low-key go because I feel like that is the perfect Bible story for them to turn into a musical, in my opinion. Kind of surprised no one's ever... I mean, there's we know there's lots of musicals inspired by stories in the Bible that are more mainstream, like mm-hmm. Joseph and the Coat of... Oh, the Technicolor Dreamcoat is one. Um, Jesus Christ Superstar. You mentioned one, I think, last Godspell. week. Godspell. Godspell. Like, there's lots of musicals out there already inspired by the Bible. So it's cool to see some other ones popping up. But anyway, this one in particular was the Nativity Story. And I want to retell it because... Naturally, in order to stretch it out into a... They put a little flair. Yeah, they take some creative liberties with... The, I mean, it's still the same story at its core. I doubt they would ever get away with string too far. This ain't no last temptation of Christ. Um, and I'll probably mention this on our, our other episode, our real episode coming out. But I should have known Martin Scorsese made that movie. I am so sorry, everyone. I'm a big dummy. I Yeah, am, how dare you I you offended the film um buff community like i heard that like i saw the title and i just and i knew the story because i think i'd like googled it one time again i haven't seen it but i just never registered that that was him anyway sorry well, it's guys. very different from like all the other yeah films he's made. <laughs> like it's not like a gangster movie. kidding i know he's made other movies just kidding anyway side story so we went to the I think they call it the Miracle of Christmas is their particular production. And this would have been when I was about, this would have been about like 10 years ago or so, um, maybe a little longer. So, I mean, I mean, they're still going, still chugging along down there in Branson. So we go, and the story starts out the same. We have Mary, very excited to be married, or, in, sorry, engaged, betrothed. What's the word, Kenzie's? Betrothed? Yeah, accurate. yeah. Okay. I guess, well, you know, our understanding of marriage was obviously different different than someone living in the first century Nazareth's understanding of marriage. There's different um, cultural understandings. So, I mean, they were married, but they weren't like married, married, if that makes sense. I got you. So she's excited about that. She has a, we'll use the term friend loosely. She has an acquaintance who's a Roman soldier that like hangs around because that's what Rome was doing back then, bothering the Jewish people. And she, you know, we'll talk to him about God sometimes. He's like, huh, I don't know about all that. And it's like, okay. Um, so then, naturally, we know the story, or some of us, most of us do. She finds out she's pregnant. Now, Mary is ecstatic. At least this is how the show portrays it. Like, she's ecstatic. She is fully accepted that, like, she doesn't seem to realize quite yet, at least in this production, the implications, how it's going to look to other people. Like she's been told she's going to be Jesus's mother and she's like, fabulous. I am so excited to do this. 
And she goes and tells... I'm trying to remember. She goes and tells either her mother or Joseph. Can't remember. Now, I know in the Bible it's different, but like I said, the show takes some creative liberties. And she goes and tells Joseph. She's like, Joseph, isn't this fantastic? Aren't you so excited? And Joseph is like, pardon? Come again? <laughs> what was that? What was that last part? He's like, something isn't adding up. Yeah, here. something isn't adding up. She's like, Mary, what did you do? She's like, I didn't do anything. I don't, I don't understand. I'm like, Mary, come on, girl. Don't you know how this looks? Like the miscommunication like, trope. Literally, <laughs> she literally did this production company did the miscommunication trope. And she's like, don't you know how this is going to look? She's like, um, no, actually, I thought this was totally fine. Like, why won't people believe me? And like the townspeople are like, they're gossiping. They're like calling Mary arrogant. Like, how dare she think she is the mother of Jesus or whatever, or the mother of the Messiah. And I was like, dang, maybe they did think that. Like me, I'm like 11 watching this. I'm like, maybe they did think that about Mary. Like, that'd be really hard. And that's the thing about it is like the Bible doesn't really give Mary's a lot of perspective. Well, it doesn't really give a lot of pers- it's very vague about a lot of different yeah. things. They don't really say and this is how this person felt about that. They're just yeah. trying to communicate like information. Exactly. You know. I mean, people fight about the Bible all the time because a lot of stuff is left kind of open to interpretation. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is I feel like that's why people like these kinds of productions. That's why people like movies and shows that portray the bible because we want that like we want to be able to connect to these characters and because i mean obviously the bible is a beautiful book but the bible doesn't give a lot to go on usually as far as the feelings of these characters we can only assume so much so i think that's why we like these things um but yeah the story goes on and joseph you know in the Bible, he's he's like, okay, I don't want anything bad to happen to Mary. I'll just divorce her quietly. Meanwhile, the townspeople are literally about to kill Mary. Like, they're so mad at her. They think she's a, a slut. Like, they think something bad happened. And, like, her Roman, like, friend guy, Roman soldier friend is like, stop, guys. Like, That's don't wild. do this to Mary. And they were like, oh, are you the father of the baby? Is that why you're defending Mary? I was like, whoa, whoa. How like, dare they? <laughs> I mean, this was crazy to watch. I mean, I was I was definitely in- intrigued. Which all th- I don't know if that happened because the whole thing about it is that Joseph didn't bring adultery charges yeah, onto so her. I, think, I they... think that was a little dramatic interpretation. Yeah, but wow, drama. No, literally. I mean, it definitely it piqued my interest. Honestly, I don't know if I should say this, but the actors, the Roman guard and Mary, the chemistry was palpable. Like I kind of. <laughs> Even though I knew the story and I knew there wasn't going to be some weird side quest. But I was like, okay, Joseph's not being nice. Like, kind of shipping Mary with this, like, random Roman guard But here. when you think about it, like, in, you know, <laughs> when this actually happened, yeah. of, like, Joseph, like, he finds out the woman that he is married to mm-hmm. is pregnant. Mm-hmm. But he's like, um, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, what is he supposed to believe? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, like... Nothing, yeah, like this had ever happened before. Yeah. Or has Just ever me, happened. I was like, he should have trusted you know? Mary. I would have. <laughs> things would have gone down different <laughs> if I'd been there. Joseph naturally goes to sleep, has the vision. It's being like, hey, it's all good. 
you are like Mary didn't do anything wrong. Like, don't worry, buddy. And Joseph is like, cool. Mm-hmm. He's like, Mary, I've been such a fool. I'm so sorry. She's like, it's okay. <laughs> like she knew he'd come around. But yeah, the story goes on. There's a line where she's talking to her mom about being pregnant and Mary's mom goes, I'm going to be God's grandma. And the audience loved that. Got a big kick they out of that. They ate it right they up. They ate it right up. They were gagged. And then it lead into a musical number. Keep in mind there's musical numbers throughout all of these. I cannot recall any of the songs. I would give anything to. I would perform them for a, a snippet, but I cannot recall a single song. But I remember the God's grandma line very clearly. So anyway story goes on like normal she visits elizabeth they have a duet together very beautiful i remember feeling very moved by it i was pretty young at the time okay story goes on like normal they you know they in there's no room Uh uh-oh what are they gonna do who saw that one coming yeah uh uh-oh mary's in labor and this lady's like hey i have a stable it's warm you want to go in there they said yes Okay, so this is where another, um, we'll say, creative liberty occurs. So Mary has a very hard labor, and it's, like, implied she's maybe about to die. So we're watching, you know, her give birth on the stage. Meanwhile, on, like, wires, we see actors dressed up as angels and demons fighting each other. Like, implying, I don't know if Mary died, like, the demons were gonna win. I don't know. That reminds me of the Nutcracker with the, <laughs> like, toy soldiers and the rats. No, literally. Like- <laughs> <laughs> it's like they were fighting, and then, um, an angel comes in with a big sword. He smashes the devil. Jesus is born. We're like, yay! Word starts to spread. Word starts to spread about the birth. My God, I might be butchering this, but I believe from one of my memory, first part of the show is like the traditional nativity story. And then we see like a little bit after when Jesus is like young and he, they lose him for a little bit, goes yeah. to the temple. Anyway. So I, are the shepherds and the wise men in the story? Yes. Yes. We see them again. I might be butchering this. Maybe that happens after because I know right before intermission, people are finding out that the Messiah has been born. Rumors are starting to spread. So and because this is an interactive show, the actors are running through the audience, shouting the word. They're like, the Messiah is here. The Messiah has been born. And just before the lights cut out for intermission, there's this one actor giving his all. You know this was, like, his only part, and he really had to do good. And he goes, he's like, <laughs> he goes, the Messiah is here! And he yells it so loudly and passionately. It goes dark. Silence. My little sister yells out so loud in the silence. Wow, is he drunk? <laughs> Silent. No one laughed. No one laughed. Not the branching crowd kind of joke. No. And she said it so loud. I think I elbowed her. I was like, (laughs) this is very serious. Anyway, so... Did that hinder your ability to enjoy the performance? A little bit. (laughs) Because honestly, I sort of like, yeah, I guess they were acting a little dramatic. But, I mean, who wouldn't in that circumstances, you know? Anyway, so the show goes on. We see how King Herod was trying, he finds out, like, oh, the Messiah's been born, gotta kill all those babies. And they're like, hey, Mary, no, no, don't do that. that. They're like, Mary, Joseph, Jesus, you gotta get out of here. So they book it and leave. To Egypt. Egypt, stay for a while. Uh, Jesus gets older, you know, 
like he runs away he gets lost and his parents are like don't ever do that again but is it the story of him um at the uh temple yes and they're like jesus oh because then they also it's the guy who was blind i forgot i'm remembering all this now the guy who was blind anybody wasn't dead yet and then they were like here's our baby or whatever and he what because he wasn't (laughs) gonna die until he saw the messiah that might have been a creative liberty because i don't think that that is in scripture no there's someone who like had to meet jesus before he died he was like cursed as a baby he was cursed maybe he wasn't a baby then let me this is fake i gotta find this story yeah simeon what what is this yeah is it in simeon this is in the bible gospel of luke i'm not (laughs) i knew it (laughs) i'm not crazy According to the biblical account, the Holy Spirit visited Simeon, or Simon, I don't know how you say that, and revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Christ of God. Why did I not... Why did I remember this? Why did I not know this? I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I could have made that up. I was like, no, I remember. So we did, in fact, confirm this story is in the Bible, and I'm remembering it now. So, in the musical... They take Mary and Joseph, take Jesus when he's a baby, to meet a man named Simeon. He was very righteous and devout. And the Holy Spirit said, hey, you're going to see the Messiah before you die. He was like, I don't know about that. I'm very old. Uh Uh-oh. Guess who walks in the door? Mary and Joseph with a baby named Jesus. And then... He was very happy, and he said, Now, God, you may let your servant die in peace. My eyes have seen your Savior, a light for the Gentiles, and glory for your people, Israel. So, he wasn't blind, I don't think. I think I just added that part. But we see this play out in the musical, and so I think maybe that's how it ends. It ends with him seeing, like, oh my gosh, like, this is the guy right here, even though he's a baby. So, this, yeah. This baby is the guy. Is the guy, the main guy. And this was over 10 years ago. I could be combining, like, 10 different things. Mm-hmm. But I know for a fact this scene happened. So, anyway, yeah. There's a lot of creative liberties taken in the show. It's like, I thought, honestly, as an adult, looking back... Also, I think I say that phrase 10,000 times on this podcast, so I'm sorry about that. But Don't ever apologize, <laughs> ever. But I can say, looking back... It's a good wrap-up because you start the story with no one believing Mary but Mary. Like, no one believes Mary. She's just alone with her baby and herself. And then at the end, Jesus is recognized, or at least starting to be, at the end of the show. Whether or not that's because he's now um, an older kid going to the temple and learning things, or if the show did end with that man recognizing baby Jesus as the Messiah. Again, I can't remember how it ended, but... Either way, Jesus is starting to be recognized as the Messiah, even as a very young child. So I thought it was a good wrap-up, you know, like the world starting to see it. The show took one final creative liberty in that a angel comes out and says, the end of times is coming. Oh, tonal shift. Yeah, not by water, <laughs> but by fire this time. I was like, oh, he's talking about Noah's Ark. I know this one. <laughs> and I'm like, fire. And he said, we should convert to Christianity so we don't have to deal with that. And I said, oh, okay. And again, he probably said it more eloquently than that, but, um... That's, <laughs> that's a little, for, I mean... Crazy tone shift. Yeah. <laughs> but, and that's how the show is. Lights come up. It was great. Everyone clapped. 
Um, overall, it has stayed with me all these years. While they definitely took some creative liberties, nothing was too honestly crazy. Like, it stayed pretty true to the story of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to say, we don't really know sight and sound, yeah, what their beliefs what are. Or God what they, knows what they support or what they say. I mean, that little <laughs> thing that they tacked on at the end, like, kind of... It's a little alarming, but... Yeah, but, like, so we're not, like, endorsing no, them. No. We're just... Adriana's just recounting a very impactful <laughs> um, moment from her childhood. And, you know, like regardless of what hoopla they might believe that we don't know about, you know, there's probably a couple actors in there who maybe don't quite believe in that. You know, they're, they're just trying to do the good work they're and doing their job, doing their job. They clock you know. in, clock out. <laughs> exactly. Like the we, working actor life. Exactly. Again, we don't know what the production company supports. If someone's like, actually they funded blah, blah, blah. We'll be like, so sorry about that. Um, wasn't us. You don't have to go yeah, see the sorry show. We saw the, we saw the show, the sh- these shows ago. probably 15 years ago for yeah, me. Yeah. So, so we're not going and going there now, you know? And you know, it's kind of a difficult thing to recommend because I cannot, well, uh, but you know what? We can recommend something. Yeah. Support your local theater. Yes. Go see there. It's the Christmas season. There are so many Christmas productions going on. This is probably going to come out right before Christmas, but like, you know, Christmas Carol, the Nutcracker, that industry took such a big hit during COVID. Like we said in our Christian media episode, I just think that art is supposed to make you feel something. And I think enjoying and supporting your live local theater, I just think it's important because it makes you feel something. And art tells stories and makes us think. And I think that there's like a wave of anti-intellectualism happening where it's like, we don't have to think about art seriously. <laughs> like the curtains are blue because the curtains are blue. If you have time this holiday season, go to a play, go to a museum, support like an independent movie theater. Just try and do that, I guess. Spread some holiday cheer by supporting art. Exactly. It's funny when you said support local theater, like that's what I did growing up. Like I was always in the Christmas Carol and it was such wonderful, positive memories for me. And I'm so grateful to everyone who supported me during that time. And, like, you should... I I would love to go and give back in that way. And so, yeah, go support your local theater. If your church is putting on a Christmas play, go see it. Go watch the kids. It's fun. If they're putting on a local dinner theater, <laughs> go see it. Definitely check it out. This stuff is kind of cheesy, but it's... We talked about this last week. There's nothing wrong with being cheesy. Like people confuse cheesiness and earnestness, like something done with good intentions and good faith behind it. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So yeah, we hope that this episode was a little bit more fun, a little bit more lighthearted as we finish out the year. So we thought we could finish our episode. I know normally we do um, joys and concerns and we finish with a prayer. Since this is a mini episode, we thought we could just finish by reading the nativity story. Um, And again, people might think that's cheesy, but it's not. It's earnest because the nativity story is a beautiful story. And as Kenzie said earlier, it's about love. And we love you guys. And we are so excited for the new year and to... uh, put out some new episodes for you guys and 
got a whole year ahead of us. We're very excited. It's been, gosh, when did we start this podcast? Mm, September. Yeah. So, I mean, it's only been a couple of months and it's been such a fun journey. So we're going to be reading The Birth of Jesus Christ as written in Luke chapter 2. It was about that same time that Augustus Caesar sent out an order to all people in the countries that were under Roman rule. The order said that everyone's name must be put on a list. This was the first counting of all the people while Quirinus was governor of Syria. Everyone traveled to their own hometowns to have their name put on the list. So Joseph left Nazareth, a town in Galilee, and went to the town of Bethlehem in Judea. It was known as the town of David. Joseph went there because he was from the family of David. Joseph registered with Mary because she was engaged to marry him. She was now pregnant. When Joseph and Mary were in Bethlehem, the time came for her to have the baby. She gave birth to her first son. She wrapped him up well and laid him in a box where cattle are fed. She put him there because the guest room was full. That night, some shepherds were out in the fields near Bethlehem watching their sheep. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord was shining around them. The shepherds were very afraid. The angel said to them, Don't be afraid. I have some very good news for you, news that will make everyone happy. Today your Savior was born in David's town. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This is how you will know him. You will find a baby wrapped in pieces of cloth and lying in a feeding box. Then a huge army of angels from heaven joined the first angel, and they were all praising God, saying, Praise God in heaven and on earth. Let there be peace to the people who please him. The angels left the shepherds and went back to heaven. The shepherds said to each other, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this great event the Lord has told us about. So they went and found Mary and Joseph. And there was a baby lying in the feeding box. When they saw the baby, they told what the angels had said about the child. Everyone was surprised when they heard what the shepherds had told them. Mary continued to think about these things, trying to understand them. The shepherds went back to their sheep, praising God and thanking him for everything that they had seen and heard. It was just as the angels had told them. When the baby was eight days old, he was circumcised and he was named Jesus. This name was given by the angel before the baby began to grow inside Mary. All right, and that's the nativity story. You know, I mean, it's kind of a short story. We know a lot happens before it and a lot happens after it, but we recognize the importance of this specific story because, you know, Jesus had really humble beginnings. Everyone expected the Messiah to come, you know, very grandly, and obviously he came lying in a manger, and I think that's just a really testament to God's love that the most beautiful and wonderful things can come out of um, something very simple or something God can lift up people from undesirable circumstances. God can still glorify that. So I just think that's Mm -hmm. really beautiful. Yeah. So I hope all our listeners have a wonderful holiday season and we will see you in the new year. Go in peace.